0: Hello and welcome to the Destiny Church podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Hey, I'm excited today to preach the word, I believe that God has really put something in my heart. And we're in this theme called Kingdom Co, where we're talking about the kingdom of God all year, but we're also in a series within that theme called Royals, where we are talking about being kingdom-driven families of God. And I just want to tell you right from the beginning, I believe if we will get what is being taught during this series, it'll revolutionize our families and it will revolutionize our church. And today we're going to continue our royal series, but I've never done anything like this. We're almost going to have a series within a series. And for the next three to four weeks, we're going to do what we're going to do is I'm going to talk with you about some traits um, that make kingdom-driven families powerful. (laughs) I'm 46 years old, and um, I've been in ministry for 25 plus years, and these are just some traits that I've seen, some traits that I've noticed that are in kingdom-driven families. These are just kind of some things that they portray. It's not all of them. You're not going to look at a kingdom-driven family, and they say they nail all of these, but for the most part, these are things I've seen, and they're pretty common amongst kingdom-driven families. Some of the weeks, we're going to look at two or three topics, but today, we're going to look at one topic because I believe it's a big one and I believe it's a foundational one and I think it's crucial that we get um, what is being taught today. Today I want to talk with you about the F word, all right? All right, is that okay if we talk about the F word in church? I want to talk about forgiveness. I'm talking to you about forgiveness. See in this series what we're doing is we're talking about the kingdom of God and one thing the Lord's been really just putting in my heart is Chad, the church has for long enough had me a savior, but you've had a savior without the kingdom. And if you can get the kingdom and if you can begin to live kingdom principles, you will begin to see kingdom benefits. And so, what I'm trying to teach and communicate to this in this series is principles that we need to live by, characteristics and traits that we need to live by. And I believe when we begin to operate in these traits and these characteristics that are kingdom driven, we're going to begin to see kingdom benefits. What do I mean by that? Miracles, healings, signs, wonders, prodigal sons and daughters coming home. I believe that with everything in me. Martin Luther King Jr. said this, forgiveness is not an occasional act, it's a constant attitude. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter four, verse 31 and 32, he says this, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all evil types of behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. The act of forgiveness is the act of pardoning an offender. In the Bible, the Greek word translated as forgiveness literally means to let go. It literally means to cancel a debt that someone owes you. Cancel a debt. And I believe forgiveness is something that must become second nature for us if we're going to have happy, healthy, kingdom-driven families. Now, sadly... Forgiveness is not second nature. It's just not the case. We don't operate this way. We love to be forgiven. I don't know anybody that doesn't love to be forgiven, but we don't always love to forgive, especially when it comes to our families. You know, forgiveness is never easy. I mean, I think... I don't know that I could look at a time in my life and say that for that time I forgave was easy. No, I don't believe forgiveness is ever really easy. But man, forgiving family members, and some of you have some family members that have hurt you and wronged you. Some of you watching online have some family members who have failed you. And I know that having a family member can sometimes, forgiving a family member can sometimes seem downright impossible. And I don't know all the reasons that is, but the biggest one I believe is I believe family hurt is deep hurt. When families hurt us, it is oftentimes very, very deep. How many of you know some families? Maybe you have your own family, that your family is torn apart by unforgiveness, How many of you have some families that have some grudges in them, some bitterness? I recently heard a story about a family that uh, this past Thanksgiving, they decided that some of the family members weren't going to come to the family dinner because of some political differences, And actually, one of the family members said, and I won't say names, but one of the family members said, I can't believe you voted for, and you can fill in the blank whoever you think they should have voted for. But I can't believe you voted for, and then they said this, I can't be around someone who is so, just let's just say pig-headed, all right? And sadly, this isn't a rarity. This is all too common. I know so many families where a father isn't talking to a son where a mother isn't talking to a daughter, where a sibling isn't talking to a sibling. And families are being torn apart and we are playing right into the hand of the enemy. When I was a kid, I was thinking about this this week as I was studying when I was a kid, we used to, we used to disagree, right? There's always been disagreements, But I remember watching my parents model this. I remember even watching many people in the church model this. They would disagree. I remember my family having disagreements with grandparents or aunts and uncles, and they would disagree. But even in the midst of disagreements, we still loved each other, and we did life together. But I don't know when it shifted sometime in the last 10 or 15 years, it seems like we now have this mentality that instead of still continuing to do life with somebody we disagree with, especially family, what we've done now is we walk away. And we choose to, and rather than stick it out with our family, we walk away from our family and our spiritual enemy has been running this play for thousands of years. From the very beginning of the Bible, we see a story about two brothers, Cain and Abel. Cain got upset because Abel offered a different sacrifice that the Lord accepted and he got jealous. And instead of sitting down and talking it out, he didn't just walk away. He murdered his brother. And we've seen this since the beginning of time, and the enemy knows. And this has been his goal since the Garden of Eden. If he can divide the family, if he can fracture the family, he can do damage to the kingdom of God. And that's what he's doing. He's damaging the kingdom of God because we're not sticking it out as strong kingdom-driven families, and there's division, and there's fractures there, and we're walking away. And every time you don't forgive somebody, hear me, every time you don't forgive somebody, you give in to the kingdom of darkness and you do damage to the kingdom of God. Hello? Pastor Danny Silk, he's a pastor and leader in Bethel Church. And he said when you get offended, especially when you get offended with family, you have two choices. You can either pull away from love or you can press into love. You can pull away or press in. And we know what it means to pull away, right? How many of you have pulled away from a family member or a friend, right? How many times have you pulled away in a disagreement? How many friendships have you lost over a disagreement? How many family members have you not talked to in years? We understand what it means to pull away, but many of us don't know what it means to press in to love. So I wanna give you kind of my foundational verse It's really a foundational chapter, if you really dig into it, that gives you a lot of good stuff. But I want to talk with you about Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21 through 22. And this is a challenging verse um, when you really begin to look at it. Verse 21, later, when Peter approached Jesus, he said, how many times do I have to forgive my fellow believer who keeps offending me? Seven times? Seven times? You know, and I've heard that verse my whole life. I've heard it, and I've never heard anybody teach on why he would have even said seven times. I just thought that that was just a random number that Peter like pulled out of his gown or whatever, you know, he was wearing that day. But no, what's happening here is Peter has been listening to what Jesus has said in Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 through 20, where Jesus in verse 15 through 20 talks about restoring someone who's offended you. And then Jesus begins to talk about unity and agreement. And then Peter has been listening to to this, and what Peter's doing is now trying to sound like he got it, like, hey, Pastor Jesus gave a good sermon, and I got it in my heart, so I want to sound like I know what I'm talking about, and I want to sound generous, and I want to say, hey, should we forgive somebody who's offended us, who's uh, repentant, because a good Jew never forgave anybody unless they were really repentant, but he's like, should we forgive somebody up to seven times, and so I actually started digging into this. And the reason he said seven times is because according to Jewish tradition and what many Jewish rabbis were teaching here, and you can look this up in Amos chapter 1, verse 3 through 13, they followed this tradition there in Amos 1 that talks about three times. So what Jewish rabbis were teaching at this time is you had to forgive somebody up to three times. So Peter's trying to sound really spiritual, and he's not just doubling it. He's doubling it plus one. He's like, not three times, but seven I've got it, I'm spiritual, I'm gracious, I'm generous. And so Peter's comments probably seem pretty generous to himself and to the listeners because according to Jewish tradition, listen to me, they had to forgive three times and then after three times, you can walk away with bitterness and anger in your heart. And in, in Amos chapter three, it even says you can punish them. And so Peter's like, hey, I'm saying seven times before I get to have some bitterness in my heart. But listen to what Jesus says in verse 22. Jesus answered, not seven times, Peter, but 70 times seven. And I never was a math major or anything like that, but if my nix of math is correct, it's 490 times, Jesus said. This had to have stunned everybody who's listening to this encounter. You see, the disciples, what's happening here is they'd been with Jesus for quite some time, and so, but they're still, I want you to hear me, they're still looking at Jesus and what he's teaching through the limited lens of the law rather than through the unlimited lens of grace. I want you to hear me. If we are going to be kingdom-driven families, we have to operate in grace, But too many of us are still caught up in the kingdom of darkness and the system of retribution. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. That was the Jewish model in the law, but that's really where many of us, our mentality is. You hurt me. I hurt you. I'm going to get you back. And that's where many of us are. But man, if we can figure out grace, if we can figure out forgiveness, I believe it would be so freeing and we could change the world. But I want to be clear here. When Jesus said we're to forgive those who sin against us 70 times seven, Jesus isn't limiting it still. He's not saying once you get up to 490 times... Then on number 491, you can deny forgiveness. Some of us, I'll just say Chad Blanson, sometimes there's been a time or two in our marriage, I'm pretty sure I've failed 491 times in one day. And she's been gracious enough to forgive me, you know? So we can't just sit here and say, well, God stops it at 491. That's not what Jesus is saying. I want you to hear me. This is foundational to this teaching and to this message. But what Jesus is saying as a believer, catch this, write it down, get this in your heart. I've never been taught this, all right? But as a believer, as a kingdom-driven person, you can never not forgive someone. You can never not forgive someone. And I know some of you are wrestling right there with that right now. But Pastor Chad, you don't know what they did. I'm not going back to them. I'm not going to be in relationship with them. In just a moment, I'm going to tell you what forgiveness is not. Okay. Doesn't mean I have to be in relationship. We're going to look at that in just a moment. But I do have to forgive. Every single time I have to forgive. Not only are we not to limit the number of times we forgive, hear me, but we are also to forgive with as much grace on time number 492 as we did on time number one. We getting it? Forgiveness. And this is tough. But I want you to remember today, kingdom-driven Principles drive kingdom driven benefits. And when we forgive, there's freedom and there's healing and there's wholeness. And that's what I'm driving for in this series, all right? Hey, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna talk to you about three different things today um, about forgiveness. But before we do, I wanna pray over you that we get this in our heart because I know this is a big one. And I know some of you, when I'm talking about forgiveness, you have things boil up inside of you and you're already thinking, but Pastor Chad, I can't forgive them. Through this message, I'm gonna show you that you have to, all right? Let's pray. Jesus, I ask in these next few moments that you would be in this room, that you would speak to every single heart, in every single life. Would you minister today with this tough subject? Would you speak to our hearts and speak to our lives? Would you give me clarity of thought and clarity of speech? We love you, Jesus, we thank you in your name we pray. Amen. So today what we're doing is we're talking about forgiveness and I wanna talk with you about three very specific things concerning forgiveness. Number one, I wanna talk with you about what forgiveness is not. Number two, I want to talk with you about the consequences of forgiveness. There's consequences. And then number three, I want to close by talking to you about some practical ways to forgive, practice biblical forgiveness. So let's talk about what forgiveness is not. All right, number one, forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is not a feeling, it's a choice, it's a commitment. I want you to hear me. You don't try and feel like forgiving. Many times, I don't feel like forgiving. I don't feel it. It's an act of the will. Neil Anderson said this, don't wait to forgive until you feel like forgiving. You will never get there. Feelings take time to heal after the choice to forgive is made or as we say in freedom and we just talked just a moment ago that we're launching life groups here in a couple of weeks some of those we launch is freedom i'm telling you if you have not yet been in freedom you need to be in a freedom group you need to sign up but here's something we say in freedom choices lead feelings follow choices lead feelings follow forgiveness is not a feeling it's a choice All right, another way we could say this, I want you to get this. Forgiveness is a process, not a one-time event. Forgiveness is a process, not a one-time event. Number two, forgiveness does not mean that you have to revert to being the victim. Forgiveness is not saying what you did to me was okay, so go ahead and walk all over me. You don't have to be a victim just because you forgave. Listen to me, I want you to hear this. To forgive doesn't mean you're becoming a victim, to forgive means you're setting yourself free from the consequences of unforgiveness. Let me say it again. To forgive does not mean you're becoming a victim, to forgive means you're setting yourself free from the consequences of unforgiveness. When you choose to forgive, as we're all commanded to do, I want you to hear me, that does not mean you're becoming a victim. You have to get that because I believe that's one of the lies of the enemy. He tells us if you forgive them, you're becoming their victim. No, you are not. You are releasing yourself from victimhood. Number three, this is a big one here. Forgiveness is not pretending that you were hurt. Forgiveness is not pretending that you weren't hurt. I want you to hear me. Pretending and forgiving are not the same thing. When you forgive, you do not have to pretend that you weren't hurt. You don't have to deny reality. You don't have to act like what the other person did wasn't wrong. They hurt you. They hurt you. You don't have to pretend and say, you didn't hurt me. There's this little video that I want to show you guys today that I think is comical, and I want to drive a point home from it today, but I want you to check out this video. (laughs) We're going to go out there And walk because it's raining no it's not it it's just rain it's rain. just raining ow and it's just raining. Raining. raining it's raining he it broke my heart Little clay. Okay. he broke my heart turn around and then I go and I go and get honey and me and, and, and I can't do that okay some of you have been poked in the heart. It hurt. It damaged you. It wounded you. It offended you. You don't have to pretend it didn't hurt. It hurt. But listen to me, but you do have to forgive. I don't care how many times you've been poked in the heart. You have to forgive. Number four, I want you to hear this. Forgiveness is not based on the other person's actions, but on your own attitude. Another way we could say this is this. Forgiveness is not relieving the person of their responsibility. It's simply you taking responsibility for your actions and your attitude. Let me say it again. Forgiveness is not relieving the other person of their responsibility. They are responsible for their actions. Forgiveness is simply you taking responsibility for your actions, for your attitude. And what they do is up. To them, And I know forgiveness is tough. Some of you have been poked in the heart, especially by family. And I know some of you are struggling with it today. And you feel justified. You feel justified in your anger. You feel justified in your unforgiveness. You feel justified in your bitterness. And I want you to hear me today. There's no condemnation for me. I'm not condemning anyone. I can't imagine what some of you have been through. I can't imagine the pain some of you experienced at the hand of a father. I can't experience some of the pain you had at the hands of an uncle or a mother or a grandma. I, I don't understand some of that pain. But listen to me: even in the midst of your pain, even in the midst of your hurt that is beyond anything any human being should ever have to go through, listen to me. As a believer, that still just doesn't justify you and say you can not forgive. We must always forgive because as sons and daughters of the king of kings, we are called to forgive. One of the foundations of this kingdom is forgiveness. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Why? So he could forgive us of our sins. It's foundational. Jesus forgave us of our sins. We are called to forgive. I'm not relieving them of their responsibility. I'm simply taking responsibility for myself. Number, number uh, five here. I'm actually say this before I go on. A choice to not forgive. A choice to not forgive is as bad as what the offender did to you. A choice to not forgive is as bad as what the offender did to you. Number five, forgiveness. This is a big one. Forgiveness is not forgetting. I don't know who ever made up this statement forgive and forget. I'm human, I can't forget. I don't have the ability to do as God did. When you're telling me that I have to forget, you're trying to make me God because he can forget as far as the East is from the West, but I can't forget, but I can forgive. I can forgive. And when we don't, when we don't allow ourselves to like remember, listen to me, it doesn't allow us time to heal because sometimes we have to heal. I forgive and then I heal. But listen to me, but if you hold on to transgression like a trump card and you play it every chance you get, hey, do you remember that time you get in an argument, a disagreement with a family member or spouse? Hey, do you remember that time that you said this to me? Yeah, I remember that, but you forgave me. Listen to me, every time you play a trump card and say, do you remember when you did this? Even you've, when you've already forgiven it, listen to me, what you're doing is you're showing that you're still holding unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart. And that's where some of us are today. That's where some of us, we are still holding on to unforgiveness. In fact, what I wanna do is now I wanna switch this and I wanna begin to talk to you, those of you who are in a cycle of unforgiveness and I wanna tell you some consequences of unforgiveness because not only are there medical consequences, there are spiritual consequences and i'm not going to go into the medical ones you can talk to your doctor about that but we're going to talk today to king jesus about what some consequences are when we spiritually don't forgive number one unforgiveness negatively impacts our relationship with god when we struggle to forgive others and listen to me some of you you've you've forgiven others but some of you're struggling to forgive god and some of you are struggling to forgive yourself when you struggle to forgive others, when you struggle to forgive God, when you struggle to forgive yourself, you are negatively impacting your relationship with God. Listen to me. When we do this, we oftentimes feel dry. We feel spiritually stuck. We lose joy. We lose peace. We lose sleep. We feel anxious. We feel overwhelmed. In fact, if we look back at Matthew chapter 18, now if we skip ahead to verse 32 through 35, it tells us, listen to me, if we choose not to forgive, there's a story about this man who had a huge debt let's just say he owed a hundred thousand dollars all right let's say he owes a hundred thousand dollars and the debtor is calling on it and he falls on his knees and he begs him to forgive him that hundred thousand dollar debt and that debtor looks at him and says you know what i forgive you of that debt and that guy that was just forgiven that debt gets up walks off and he finds a guy who owes him five dollars And that guy's like, he's like, give me my $5. He's like, please forgive me. And he's like, no, and he has him like beaten and tortured. And the original debtor comes back to him. And this is like God playing this story here, guys. And it's like, hey, I forgave you of something so great, but you can't forgive somebody of something so little. And listen what the story says. The king summoned the man and said, you evil servant, I forgave you your entire debt when you begged for mercy. Shouldn't you be compelled to be merciful to your fellow servant who asked for money? Listen, it says, the king was furious and he put the screw. To the man until he paid back his entire debt. But listen, and that is exactly what my Father in heaven will do to each of you who doesn't forgive unconditionally to anyone who asks you for mercy. I want you to hear me. Another translation here says that this man was turned over to tormentors. Hear me. When you don't forgive, you turn yourself over to the tormentors of bitterness and rage and resentment and anxiety and ulcers, all because you don't forgive. Not only turned over to tormentors, not, not only are the screws put to us, Psalm 66 to 18 tells us when we don't forgive, God doesn't hear our prayers. If I'd closed my eyes to my sin, my unforgiveness, the Lord would have closed his ears to my prayer. Mark eleven twenty five 25 clearly teaches us that unforgiveness hinders our faith. Listen, and whenever you stand praying, if you carry something in your heart against another person, release them and forgive them, so that your Father in heaven will also release and forgive your faults. Man, we love to be forgiven, but man, we don't always choose to forgive others. Joyce Meyer said, Your fellowship with God flows freely when you're willing to forgive, but it gets blocked by unforgiveness. But, Pastor Chad, I don't feel like feeling. Choices lead, feelings follow. Number two, unforgiveness negatively impacts our relationship with others. Hebrews 2, 15, a powerful verse. Look after each other so that no one fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Notice in these verses, unforgiveness doesn't only affect your relationship with God, but as Hebrews 12, verse 15 tells us, unforgiveness impacts those around you. And some of you, that's where you are. Unfortunately, unforgiveness is like radioactive material. You're trying to contain it you're trying to hold it in but you can't you can't seal it away and now it's impacting your family it's impacting your marriage it's impacting your friendships it's impacting your co-workers why because unforgiveness is like bitterness and it leaks and it corrupts many when you don't forgive as I said earlier what you're doing is you are playing yourself perfectly into the hands of the enemy so my question to you today and this is the big question of the day Do you want to hold on to the hurt and bitterness and continue to negatively impact your relationship with God and others? Or do you want to choose to forgive so you can go forward with God? The choice is yours. What I want to do today to wrap up is I want to assume that all of you are going to choose to forgive. And I want to give you three practical ways that I see from the word of God that we can practice forgiveness. Three ways, real quick. Number one, you need to depend on God. Give God your hurt. You've been poked in the heart. Give it to God. Depend on him. The Bible tells us, cast all your cares on him. We don't think this in the terms of forgiveness, but cast all the hurts, all the pain, all the lies, all the damage that's been done to you every time you've been poked in the heart. Cast your cares on him. This is an incredible place to start. I know you're hurting. I know it. And this is, I feel like some of us need to say, Lord, you know I'm hurting. Lord, you know they hurt me. You know I really want to hold a grudge. You know I really want to hold them responsible, but God, I'm going to trust you through this, and I'm going to, ha- and I'm going to lean on you, and I'm going to ask you to help me get through this. Listen, you can't forgive without the power of the Holy Spirit. And there's a verse, I just—I don't have it on the screen, but it's John chapter 20, verse 21, and verse 22 and 23. Listen to this. It says, Jesus said to them, Rejoice. Uh, peace to you, as the Father sent me, I also send you. After saying this, listen, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Listen to me, you can't forgive without the power of the Holy Spirit. Why do you say that? Well, listen to the very next verse. He said, verse 22, receive the Holy Spirit. And then the very next verse, if you forgive sins of any, they are forgiven. But if you retain them, they are retained. What well, he's saying, you need the power of God to forgive. Depend on God. Number two, just giving you some practical ways to practice forgiveness. Number two, you need to make a decision, or as we said earlier, you need to make a choice. Am I going to continue to lay in this prison of unforgiveness and bitterness, or am I going to make a decision to forgive? There's an old statement. I heard it multiple times in my life, and it says this, burn me once, shame on you. Burn me twice, shame on me. And the idea here is that if someone sins against you or offends you, then you, what you need to do is you need to take action to ensure that that doesn't happen again. But did you know that's contrary to what the word of God says? Jesus said in Matthew chapter six, if you don't forgive people their sins, the father is not gonna forgive you of your sins. Jesus, listen to me, church. Jesus gives us no loopholes, no wiggle room, no ability to justify an unforgiving heart. So if Jesus expects us to forgive all the time, then guess what? This has to be a decision. I want you to hear me. I want to give you a couple of things. Forgiveness is the decision to dismiss resentment. We say it again. Forgiveness is a decision to dismiss resentment. Listen to me. Forgiveness is a decision to not dwell on the wrong that you endured. decision to not dwell on the wrong that you endured. Forgiveness is a decision to not be ruled by the painful feelings you have in your heart. Forgiveness is a decision to allow someone to regain trust. That's a big one. It's a decision. Forgiveness, hear me. This is the biggest one of all. Forgiveness is a decision to be like Jesus and to give grace when grace isn't deserved. Forgiveness is a decision, but it's not just a one-time decision. It's a daily decision. And sometimes it's by the hour. And if you live with me or work with me, sometimes you need to count that on the 30-minute clock, all right? It's a decision. It's a decision. And then number three, as I close, do what the Bible says. So number one, if we want to practice forgiveness, we need to give it to God. God, I trust you in this. I'm gonna trust you to handle my hurt. Number two, we gotta make a decision. Then number three, we need to do what the Bible says. In Matthew 5, 44, Jesus says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That, listen to me, this may be the most difficult thing to do to someone who's wronged you. This might be the most, to pray for somebody who's offended you, to pray for somebody who's lied about you, to pray for somebody who's poked you in the heart, this is difficult, but it's biblical and it honors God. Not only are we commanded in the Bible to pray for them, but listen to what Luke twenty-seven and twenty-eight, Luke six twenty-seven and twenty-eight says. But you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you and bless those who curse you. What? Not only do I have to pray for them, I have to do good to them, and I have to bless them. But listen to what Romans chapter 12, verse 14 says. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them and pray, listen to this, that God will bless them. No, thank you. Not a fan. But did you know, let's go a little deeper. Did you know what this word bless in the Greek means? It means to speak well of did you know what the word curse means here in these verses to speak evil of listen to me you can't find you can't give forgiveness and be a gossip are we getting this as a company of kingdom-minded people the body of Christ, we cannot speak evil of people and be a part of the kingdom of God. It doesn't work. We can't see kingdom benefits when we are cursing people. You must stop repeating the offense. Listen to me. You can't get over it if you continue to talk about it. Quit rehashing it. Quit going over it. Last night, Tasha and I spoke at a marriage conference and she was talking to husbands and wives about disagreements and arguments and really about forgiveness. And she said this, refuse to engage in reruns and leave the past in the past. If you want God to bless you, quit rehashing the past. Refuse to engage in reruns. Let it go. Frozen is incredible. Let it go. Let it go." Let it, go. Let it go. Forgive someone. They poked you in the heart. Let it go. They damaged you. Let it go. Let it go. Proverbs seventeen nine. I close with this verse. This is a prelude to next Sunday. Next Sunday, we're going to talk about kingdom-driven families are driven by biblical love. And this one right here listen to what Proverbs 17:9 says, love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it, rehashing it, bringing it up. Every time you get into an argument separates close friends, love prospers when a fault is forgiven. And isn't love one of the central messages of this kingdom that we're a part of. Isn't that why God sent his son to this earth because he loved us. So Proverbs tells us love prospers, or we could say it this way, the kingdom of God prospers when a fault is forgiven. Let me say it again, the kingdom of God prospers when a fault is forgiven. When we don't forgive though, when we dwell on the hurt, listen to me, the kingdom of darkness prospers. Holding grudges only change you to the past and it causes bitterness. Bitterness. It's like a steady drip of toxin that's just continually leaking into your life. But I guarantee you, when you forgive somebody, it's like a weight is lifted off your shoulders and you feel free and whole and complete. So today I challenge you, submit every single hurt, submit every single wound, submit every single time you've been poked in the heart, submit it to the King of Kings. Submit every broken relationship to the king and watch him do what only he can do. Because I promise you, if you will learn the art of forgiveness, your family will be a kingdom-driven family. Forgiveness will determine the future of your family. Let's pray.